All right, welcome in. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. I, I definitely could uh, use three day weekends. Three day weekends, if we could uh, somehow get in that enacted, maybe the politicians will do something positive for us for once uh, and give us a three day weekend. See, if you promise me that you can deliver a three day weekend every weekend, then I will vote for you. I don't care what party you're in. I don't single care issue anything. voter, Mike. That's Steely. right. Give me a three day weekend. You have my vote. How you doing, Parker Thune? Everything good? It was a phenomenal Memorial Day weekend, it was. Steely, because absolutely nothing happened outside of one of the most climactic moments in the history of oh, Sooner Sports. Oh, my gosh. No doubt about it. Unbelievable what the uh, Saturday victory by Oklahoma, the comeback victory after the Sooners led early. We're going to talk about there in a minute, of course, Women's College World Series beginning on Thursday. Oklahoma will start off at 1.30 against Stanford in game number two. The Cowgirls, of course, are in as well. They will play uh, the first game of the evening session on Thursday night against Florida State at 6 o'clock. We'll talk a little uh, Women's College World Series Sooner Baseball in going back to Virginia and Charlottesville. They'll take on East Carolina Friday night at 6.30. The Cowboys are hosting in Stillwater. They will play ORU Friday at 6 o'clock. So the Sooners and the Cowboys both playing baseball. Uh, Oklahoma at Virginia to play East Carolina in that regional. Again, Friday night at 6 o'clock at the Cowboys and the Golden Eagles of ORU Friday night at 6 o'clock. NBA, the Celtics blew it last night. 103-84, to they had a chance to make history. But Miami comes in and wins that game. Boston, horrific from three-point range. Miami certainly uh, played some great defense. But when you shoot 21% from three, 9-42, to Miami's 50% from three, 14-28, you've got a problem. And the Heat moves on to play Denver in the first game of the NBA Finals coming up Thursday night, 7.30 on ABC. But we got to start. I know you've heard it a million times. You know what? This is a call that will never get old. My man Chris Plank right now, Plank is already the busiest man in the media. I mean, T. Rowe's pretty busy, but I think Plank is even busier. The man's doing 75 shows a day. And uh, today, Plank was even more busy than normal. Like, during every break, he's running off copies, running around the hall. I hear, how much time we got, Josh? You know, he's going uh, in every different direction. We've got a little uh, get-together for you and your fiancé here today at the station. By the way, nice job. What a nice-looking young lady. What a sweet lady. What a very, very good five-star yeah, I was about to say, five-star in my mind, yes. definitely. It's this this like recruiting when, service has her ranked as a five-star. It's kind of like when uh, Travis Hunter went to uh, Jackson State, though. <laughs> very surprising. Very hey, you know surprising. What? You know what? It's a watershed moment, one that you'll remember You're, You are Coach right Prime in this situation. No doubt. That's what you are. No, that, she's really, really nice. You, uh, you got a good one there. All right, uh, so again, Plank, by the way, and how busy is Plank? I said, man, you know, he goes, man, I'll be listening to your show, you know, I'll get to catch the whole thing as he left flying out of here, of course, at NASCAR speed. He said, I got to go to Kansas after this and pick up a cow. So So, I'm sorry, come again? He said, I've got to go to Kansas after this and pick up a cow. I, I, I have so many questions. Now, I don't know if he's two-timing his wife. I wouldn't think so, but you know what I'm saying? No, he's going to pick up a cow. I, um, I, I, okay, first off, he's got, listen, I'm sure Plank has his reasons, but my immediate thoughts are, are there not enough cows in Oklahoma? And also, how does one simply pick up a cow? 
He's I feel Chris Blank. You know he can do it all. So he he probably will wrangle the just cow, rope it himself, and just stick that thing across the back seat. Maybe could be. You never know. But he's got Plank Acres out there in uh, Goldsby. Green Acres is the place. Plank works more than he sleeps. I know. I I don't know how the man does it. To be honest with you. Um, I'm not even sure in my younger years I could have pulled off that schedule, but he's amazing. And the call he had Saturday, uh, you know, we rate things on a scale of 1 to 10, but like, you know, they said in the uh, movie This is Spinal Tap about, you know, the uh, the amplifier, this one goes to 11. This one goes to 11 right here. Chris Plank's call, dramatic moment, Kenzie Hansen, Sooners down to their last strike, and this happened. Here comes the 0-2. Lifted deep to left field. No way. No way. Are you kidding me, Kinsey Hansen? She tied the game with a three-run bomb over the left field wall. Lose your mind, Sooner Nation. Kinsey Hansen makes it 7-7 in the top of the seventh inning on an 0-2 bomb to home run village. I just got chills. Now, Steely, I I really don't know if you can be hyperbolic about this. Given the setting, given the moment, given everything that was at stake, that is instantly one of the most memorable moments in the history of Sooner Sports. Oh, hey, there is no doubt about it. With uh, as big as Sooner Softball is right now, and that is clearly going to be our Ortho Central clip of the day, Ortho Central with clinics in Norman Midwest City. Now their brand-new location in Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard, the Tri-City location, these full-service cl- uh, full clinics <laughs> treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. That is clearly – see, I'm so excited I can't speak right now. That is the Ortho Central clip of the day. And as big as Sooner softball has become – And football is always king here. We know that. But you think about some of the great moments in Sooner sports history. Von Schaumann's field goal. Columbus, Ohio at the horseshoe to beat Woody Hayes in Ohio State. Torrance Marshall's interception, which really paved the way for the Sooners again to get to the Orange Bowl and win the national championship against Florida State. Joe Washington's run against Missouri. Go, Joe, go. Mike Trapp's on the call. Then the uh, two-point conversion to win that game. At Faro Field back in the 70s, huge. Keith Jackson's catch against Nebraska, gigantic place. Keith Jackson's inside reverse, the reverse they called in the Norman game in 1985, huge. But this one's right up there. Now, okay, could it have been a little more dramatic? Let's say that's game three, and the Sooners, you know, they, they went to a Sunday game. And in that situation, yeah, it would be bigger. Or... You know, uh, that was the uh, the bottom of the seventh. That You know, it's a walk-off. It could be bigger. But I'm telling you what, it doesn't get much bigger than that, that moment. It's, it's one of those where, you know, uh, particularly if the Sooners go on to win the national championship, and they're certainly still favored to do that, obviously, um, it's going to be one of those moments. Man, do you remember where you were when Kinsey Hansen hit, Ken, Kinsey Hansen hit that three-run homer? You know, for the Sooners to come back and beat uh, beat Clemson, I think a lot of people will. Where were you? Where was I? I was down in my fiance's hometown, little small town outside of San Antonio, and following along with the game on my phone. And <laughs> I see, Cle- you know, I'm get- I'm seeing all the tweets about how oh here here's Clemson on the verge of closing it out against Oklahoma, seven to four, heading into the seventh inning. And you know, still like I don't know if. 
I don't know if this was everyone's thought. I don't know if this was the way that everybody was operating mentally in that moment. But I was just like, okay, well, I, I wonder who it is that's going to deliver the big blow to even this thing up or shoot the Sooners into the lead because they're inevitable, Steely. I, it says something about OU softball when I'm seeing the notifications pop up. Oh, Clemson's got a 7-4 lead going into the seventh inning. And I just didn't even flinch. I'm sure there were a great deal of Sooner fans that didn't even flinch because they knew at well, some point the floodgates were going to open. And if you doubt, you know, for, for a minute, then you look back and think, man, why did I ever doubt that? Why? But you consider uh, then Tiare comes up again. You've got to get Clemson out in the uh, you know the rest of the way too in the bottom of the seventh inning to send it to extra innings. Tiare hits the home run in the ninth inning. The Sooners win the game eight to seven to nine innings. But so many heroes. Jordy Ball, the job that she did. I thought still you know uh, Kirsten Deal did a pretty good job in there as well. Riley Boone has been such a spark plug. Uh, Haley Lee has to get on as well. You know with two outs. Sidney Sanders with the uh, the catch right there, uh, you know, over by the Clemson dugout was unbelievable. There were so many heroes. And you thought this was going to be, all right, this is going to be real quick because Sooners start with a Jada Coleman home run to lead off the game. Then T.R.A. goes deep. All of a sudden it's four to nothing. And you're thinking, all right, blowout city. Uh, you know, Oklahoma's good to go. And then when you're down seven to four, all of a sudden, there may have been a little doubt in some Sooner fans right now. But once again, it uh, – it feels you feel almost guilty if you had any doubt creeping in because they always find a way. There is no doubt. From the 918, there is a hole in my living room wall thanks to Kinsey Hansen, and my wife wants to kill me. <laughs> Here's what happened to me. I Our dogs are all asleep watching the game on the couch, and, you know, kind of like, you know, there hasn't been a lot to scream about, and I'm not a big screamer. I'm, I'm pretty uh, low-key. But she comes up, hits that three-run home run, and we've got four dogs asleep on the couch. And it's like, yes! And all the dogs wake up and just start barking <laughs> like crazy. Like, what? So we get four dogs barking, and she's rounding the bases, going crazy. Shay's trying to settle him down, but it was unbelievable. Uh, and then the sound clip from Patty Gasso uh, on the field with ESPN afterwards. And this is one of the things that we've talked about. The amount of pressure on this team. Yeah, it's great to have the best roster in the country, and you've got an unbelievable lineup. You've got everything you need. And Patty Gasso is clearly the uh, the number one coach in the game. Uh, you've got a new field coming. The Sooners have a lot of advantages. But you know what? They made those happen because everybody wants to play at Oklahoma right now, it seems like. But still the pressure of trying to think about this. You're going to tie that streak, but you're not going to break that streak if Clemson wins that game. It's Patty Gasso's birthday. You got the streak on the line. You got the possibility of coming back and playing another game and facing Valerie Cagle. And by the way, the Sooners hit these home runs off one of the best pitchers in America. Not Potential to mention, player of the year, Valerie Cagle. Not to mention it's the swan song for Marita Hines. Yeah, absolutely. The and venue that what a provided the rise of the OU softball dynasty. And Marita Hines is such a, a sweet lady. She's been so uh, important behind the scenes and originally was the softball coach as well, but everybody wanted that for Marita Hines as well. But this was Patty getting emotional afterwards in the uh, on-field interview with ESPN. It was a paddle. We needed it. Uh, the way these guys respond, they're great. Um, 
I think everybody expects that we should always win. The amount of pressure is pretty insurmountable, and they keep standing up to it. Um, Jordy was a star. Pitchers were great. Um, it's just new heroes all the time, and it's just such a fun part to, you know, so fun to be a part of them, and they respond to us as coaches. They practice like crazy. Um, I'm looking at Marita Hines on this field. What better way to walk away than with something like this? It's a come from behind, gritty, hard fought. And I just give all the credit to, to Clemson for just giving us this battle and just all the glory to God for blessing this team and the staff tremendously. No doubt. And uh, once again, just everything about it was perfect. You saw the videos out in Home Run Village, the celebrations. It was just fantastic. One of the great moments in uh, Sooner Sports history, without question. All right. We want to thank our opening hour sponsor. That will be Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They've been in Oklahoma City in the metro area now for 16 years doing great work. You need heating and air work done give them a call 405-579-3113 all right we're just underway want to know want to know where you were and what your reaction was did anything crazy happen let us know 405-651-3439 on the knippelmeyer chevrolet tax line i woke up the dogs and they were barking like crazy but it was well worth it, it it's just and you know patty alluded to it in the soundbite you know, this is you clearly you guys and ladies know it, but it's not normal stuff. This isn't anywhere close to normal stuff, even if you're the best team in the country. Whenever they look down and out, they seem to always find a way. I mean, it's crazy. All right. First game out, game two, again, one thirty coming up on Thursday at Hall of Fame Stadium against Stanford. We'll get to the text line. We do have Jesse Crittenden coming up today at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Stay with us here on The Ref. All right, if you're one of those olds out there and you were wondering if that ball left the yard on Saturday, you know what? If that's an issue, you need to go see Dr. Bellardo. You would have known that that ball clearly was way out there in the left field stands. And uh, like me, you know, I've had some uh, issues there. I've uh, done, you know, uh, work via Dr. Bellardo that has worked out very well. So if you're either farsighted or nearsighted, you need to call my guy, Dr. Bellardo. Known him for years. Totally trust him and his staff there at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Uh, go check them out. See if you can qualify for lens replacement or cataract surgery from the experts at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. They've been the leader in vision correction for over 20 years in the metro area. Call them up today, 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo or go online to ALCOK.com. Like they always say there, you know, if you want to see far, you want to see near, you got to come here to the Advanced Laser in Cataract Center. You might have been, is that out of there or no? I can't see. You need to call <laughs> Dr. B. So, anyway. Uh, that's the boat Steely would have been in. That's exactly B. right. I, the, I wouldn't have been screaming. The dogs wouldn't have been barking. and then None of that would have happened. So, don't miss a great moment. You want to hear some accounts from the Nibble Chevrolet text line? I bet line? these are going to be good today. Firefighter Darren says, I was watching my grandson play baseball in the Colony, Texas. When Kenzie walked up, I told my wife she just needs to park one and tie it up. She immediately did it. 
Ohio Sooner says, my two-year-old son was having trouble napping, so he was sleeping on me in the recliner. I was listening to Plank's call, and it took everything I had not to jump out of the seat and scream. There you go. Yeah, you don't want to drop the two-year-old, so nice restraint there. From the from a listener in the 405, standing in line at Bricktown for the Savannah Bananas and all watching it on our phones, everyone was going crazy. Yeah, the uh, Savannah Bananas day, uh, Jocelyn uh, Allo was able to uh, don a Savannah Bananas jersey and get in the, get in the game, which is kind of cool. Seth in Piedmont says, my dad, brother, and I were sitting on the couch after switching rooms for the rally, of course, and went absolutely crazy the second the ball left the bat. Safe to say we woke up my mom from her nap from across the house. Yeah, and I saw your previous text where, uh, you know, they were talking about, man, you know, uh, down to one pitch and Kinsey just needs to lock in, all of that stuff, and then boom. I, You know, I miss the perfect, uh, you know, uh, gift too, gift gif, which is the one where Denzel goes, boom, you know, that one. <sighs> Should have used it. It was right there in my arsenal. I did not. Brad in Bartlesville. I was in my living room trying to be quiet because my wife works nights as a nurse and was sleeping. Good thing she's a hard sleeper. Yeah, you got to be uh, you got to be careful not to wake him up. But uh, yes, apparently she was in REM sleep at the time. I guess that's the deepest stage, right? Isn't yes, that the one? allegedly. Allegedly, I don't pl- I don't cl- claim to be a sleep scientist. I just I I am a very hard sleeper as well. Do you tend in that direction, Steeler, or are you um, a light sleeper? Yeah, I think I'm a pretty hard sleeper. I tell yes. you what, I, Pete, I'll get texts from Pete. I, I, what actually underscores this the most is earthquakes. There have been so many times here in the state of Oklahoma since I moved here where we ha- we've had an earthquake of whatever significance. It's never all that enormous. But my friends who, you know, based on where we lived at various points in our – collegiate and post-grad lives we don't live more than a few miles away from each other and they'll always be texting me in the morning asking do you feel the earthquake or something along those lines if there's a thunderstorm it's odd you hear the thunder last night i never hear any of it steely when i fall asleep i'm out you know it's interesting because it happens with shay and myself we kind of trade off you know because there'll be some nights when mike it's time to go to bed i'm like what yeah you missed the last two episodes you know or whatever and uh, one of us is going to fall asleep almost every night, maybe both of us. And uh, by the way, you saw my uh, commitment, right, picture? I, yes, uh, I did. After a long uh, conversation with the head nurse over at uh, Spanish Cove, I'm 100% committed to that retirement facility. So there you go. I'm glad you found your fit. See, I it. hiked up my pants as high as I could in that picture. And, um, you know, I'm not going to take any more official visits. That's great to hear. I'm glad you found your Unless fit. I can get a better uh, NIL deal. Yeah, and I was then about to course, say, how much is NIL involved in this decision? If I can get a Jell-O deal or tapioca <laughs> pudding or depends, whatever, more money, I'm open to taking another visit or two. Brian in Tulsa says, I was in my living room and had just cracked open a Yingling and by George, I am so glad I didn't spill any of it. Yingling just got here too, right? Did it? I think in the last couple months it just got here. I don't know. I'm not a beer person, so I am by no means an authority on the topic. Cruton Therapist says, at my wife's request, I literally just turned the Apple TV to Spotify gospel music as Hinzy was walking to the plate. And to that, Lord, we say yes and amen. There you go. Uh, Tim in Missouri 
says, if the OU fans that were in attendance at the Texas-Tennessee game are listening, would love to know their reaction and the reaction of the Tennessee fans around them. Interesting. Do you think there were OU fans in attendance at the te- Texas-Tennessee game? I would doubt it, but you never know. You never know. Uh, Tennessee's playing some solid ball right now, no doubt. From a listener in the 4.30, I was on a golf course in Cleburne, Texas, and I went crazy while my Longhorn buddy was on the tee box. There you go. Might as well interrupt a Longhorn swing. If there's any yeah, anybody from any school, you know, the Longhorns would be number one on that list if you want to mess with their swing and make noise in their backswing. Uh the Longhorns are number one on that list. Tyler from Kellyville. I was in the movie theater watching Guardians of the Galaxy and had the game on my phone. From a listener in the 405, I woke up my napping toddler. Wife was not happy. Ooh, yeah. Sooner Steven just got off work and was sitting on my couch and was thinking, Kenzie needs to bomb it out of here just like she did in the championship game versus Texas last season. Then, boom, Kenzie carries the clutch gene. Yeah, and you think about last year when he had, she had so many injuries. Uh, she missed a bunch of games early in the year, too, because she got sick, right? And then uh, – but she is such a leader and such a tremendous player and uh, love her personality. And the celebration was unbelievable. And, you, I mean, if you're Clemson and that's what they did, they just tip their cat to you. That's all you can do. Like, well, what are you going to do? It's Oklahoma. Jim in Tulsa. I was starting to think it wasn't going to happen. But when the camera showed that the king was there, it hit me. If Barry Switzer was there, Sooner Magic was there. I didn't worry after that. Well, it looked like you were going to hang, hang – hell, you are going to hang a half a hundred on their ass early. You know, it was two zip right off the bat. But Barry Switzer was there. The King was there enjoying some peanut M&Ms. And uh, the Sooners got it done. Just incredible. All right, we'll get to as many texts as we can. True Sooner, we got yours coming up. I didn't know you delivered a Spanish code. Well – Make sure that uh, you spell my, you know, that you know where my room is and everything when I eventually get there. Okay, 405-651-3439. Kenny Meyer Chevrolet text line. It's blowing up. What a great moment it was. What an unbelievable moment it was Saturday to close out Marita Hines Field. Couldn't have happened in a better fashion, in better fashion. And, uh, you know, for Marita Hines, that was really cool, too. A great send-off. All right, coming right back here on The Ref. All right, it was a great turnout at Beats and Bites 2023, the opening show, 38 Special, and Blue Oyster Cult. There are more to come out at Riverwind with Beats and Bites 2023, presented by Coop Ale Works, the outdoor concert series. Next up in June, June 10th, Gin Blossoms and Tonic. In July, we have Mark Chestnut. Along with Shannon Doe and Tracy Bird, August 26th, Gary Allen. We have shows coming not too far away. Not too far away. June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire at the Showplace Theater. June 23rd, as we uh, finally reopen the Showplace Theater after the pandemic. It's been a little over three years. They've gone through uh, remodeling. They actually had some gaming machines in there and a non-smoking area but it's back as the showplace theater june 23rd with earth wind and fire also to come in july collective soul and josh turner the comedy of gabriel iglesias couple shows in august dwight yoakam and counting crows in september ario speedwagon september 8th chicago september 15th also in the fall foreigner rodney carrington aaron lewis get your tickets online at riverwind.com 
or at the box office inside the casino. The tickets, by the way, for the uh, Beats and Bites shows are only 10 bucks. Kids under 12 get in free. So some great uh, concerts, again, indoors and outdoors at Riverwind Casino. And they've got a great new promotion, which is now underway, the $80,000 the $80, New Beginnings and Winnings promotion, the 80K New Beginnings and Winnings promotion, five times the entries on your wild card Mondays and Tuesdays. So get out there today. Get out there and win your share of 80K in cash and bonus play in the New Beginnings and Winnings promotion at Riverwind Casino. Okay, uh, by the way, Women's College World Series, Game 1, 11 a.m. Thursday on ESPN, Tennessee and Alabama. Uh, on ESPN, Game 2, Sooners and Stanford, Oklahoma, already with a run rule victory over Stanford earlier this year, one thirty on ESPN. Game 3, the Cowgirls and Florida State, 6 p.m. on ESPN, and the nightcap on Thursday, Washington against Utah. That'll be 8.30 on ESPN with DJ Gasso and uh, Paige Parker on that staff again at Utah. Uh, a little Sooner flair there as well. So, uh, if the Sooners win on Thursday, they would play. If the Sooners win on Thursday, uh, they would play the Bama Tennessee winner at 2 p.m. Saturday on ABC. If somehow, some way, they lost, they would play the Bama Tennessee loser Friday at 6 p.m. Sooner baseball against East Carolina Friday in the Charlottesville Regional. And that will be on ESPN2 Friday night at 6 p.m. The Sooner Weekly Update brought to you by Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts. For your home or business, contact them at 405-329-1940. All right, back to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. From a listener in the 918, I was beefing with some Timmy Toughnuts on Twitter. When Kinsey tied the game, he blocked me immediately. Yeah, you got a lot of Timmy Toughnuts out there. You know, Timmy Toughnuts, 6437ZD4. And there are a lot of them with very, you know, we've all encountered those people, yeah. My wife and I were sitting directly below Mount Rushmore. This comes from Sooner Papaw. When Kinsey hit the ball, I screamed out Boomer, and I swear someone replied Sooner. <laughs> there you go. Sooner Nation runs deep nationwide. There you go, yeah. Why not? Do, 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 do. It's true Sooner. Uh, you're going to be hanging with, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, that picture of him with uh, when he was at a collective show. So. Collective show. Soul. <laughs> Show. There it is. Man, you know, I'm supposed to talk for a living. Maybe I should just craft my letter of resignation because that's two bumbling stumblings today. Put me out the pasture. Was that a bumble or was that a stumble? That was both. By the way, I just want to point out, you know, you mentioned last segment your commitment to a retirement facility. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things we talk about in recruiting is that there's always an uncle. Right, and as mm-hmm. we know, you've got one of the more conspicuous <laughs> uncles yes. in the OU media scene. So how much did the uncle have a say in this decision? Well, Did you the know, uncle push you to his retirement facility I of choice? I think that he's been kicked out of every retirement village he's been in because his number one goal is to kick everybody's ass and show them who's boss, and they kick him out of there. I'd love to hear what uncle's Except He won't fight the that. ladies, of course, but okay, he'll fight the men. But uh, And they end up kicking him out of there. So I'd love to hear what uncle's reaction was to Kinsey oh, Hanson home run yeah. on Saturday. Well, maybe we can get him we to haven't, call. Yeah, we haven't heard week. from him in too long. Uh, Tim in Missouri adds, they showed two OU fans at the Tennessee game with one watching uh, on his phone. Well, I imagine they went crazy, right? Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Big Rick and Owasso says, I jumped. Nearly brought down my ceiling fan. (laughs) 
You know, you have to be careful if the ceiling fan is rotating as fast as it can. That could be a decapitation type situation, perhaps. Probably not, but just be very careful jumping around a ceiling fan. Michael from Missouri. I was sitting on my desk at Lake of the Ozarks. Boomer. That Ooh, sounds Lake like of good, the Ozarks sounds like an awesome place to be. That right sounds now. like a cool place to be, yes. No doubt. Was in Las Vegas last weekend at a pool bar. Tons of people watching the OU game, yelling and screaming. Brian in Tulsa adds, I swear whenever Kinsey hit her home run, I swore I could hear the Carpenters in the background. Oh, there's nothing like a good Carpenters tune to celebrate a big win, man. Superstar, yes. I can hear Karen singing that right now. Les says, best line from Patty, Mr. (laughs) Gasso, you're in my shot. Yes, I cut that part out because Plank played it earlier, uh, but I just thought I'm going to shorten this. I think everybody's seen it. But, yeah, that was pretty good. Sooner Soldier says, that one home run by Hanson, is equivalent to the Baker Mayfield comeback against Tennessee. That was another example of Sooner magic. No doubt. No doubt about it. And like I said, that is because of how big Sooner softball has gotten over the years. I think that's really going to be one of the biggest moments, you know, that people are going to remember for a long, long time. Now, if, you know, in the same situation happened in the championship game against Clemson, let's say, if it had been, you know, the Women's College World Series final, it could have been bigger. But, man... In that moment, it didn't feel like there was anything bigger than what we saw Saturday. It was it was fantastic. Sooner Co. Wetzel says, I launched my beer into another atmosphere when Kenzie hit the home run. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's one of those situations where that's, uh, that's permissible, Sooner Co. Wetzel. Jimbo U, 1950. It's an interesting – that almost reads like a message board username. But Jimbo U – says murderer's row is not meant to include the entire lineup yeah it feels there, look there's not an easy out no uh in no way not in that lineup and you know think about what riley boone does every time you need somebody to get on base when you need her to get on base she finds a way to get on base every time it seems like right and uh you know Haley lee we think about her monster home runs and what a great addition she's been you know coming through the portal from texas a&m she's got to get on you know, wasn't she down to two strikes too? I'm trying. I think she was, and she comes up with a hit and sets the stage uh, for Kinsey Hansen to do what she did. But it is unbelievable. Uh, you know that they just keep doing this. You, they just keep doing this when they have to. Wonder how many people in the state of Oklahoma have a story similar to that of Justin and Kawita. He says was about seven yingling deep, floating in the pool. That's a uh, that's a relaxing spot to be in right there. It's Memorial Day weekend in Oklahoma. That's what yeah, if you're floating in the pool, that's the kind of activity you're supposed to be engaged in on Memorial Day weekend. You're having seven beers, you know, okay, that's fine. You're floating in your own pool or somebody's pool, that's fine. And uh yeah, what a I mean, it was just it was unreal. And like I said, all of our dogs were asleep and they all started barking like somebody had come to the door. We've got the little yappy dogs, you know, they hear a sound and they want to protect, not me, but Shay. So they all went crazy. Patrick says, when she hit the home run, I dropped the burger I was making. My dog said the three-second rule did not apply, so he ate it. (laughs) Ohio Sooner people are forgetting Tiare's go-ahead home run. Yeah, I don't think they're forgetting it, but it's just kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. And Tiara hit two, obviously. She had, you know, Jada let off the game with a home run, and Tiara came back at another one. Um, I thought Haley 
Did did Haley walk? I'm trying to remember. I'm lost in the uh, shuffle of that. But, yeah, but I look like. But I think she had two. Well, I don't know. There Let were me know. there Let were me know. plenty of memorable moments Old in man that game, memory. but nothing. It all pales in comparison. Right. To Kinsey Hansen stepping up there with an 0-2 count and launching a game tying three run homer over the left field wall on Patty Gasso's birthday in the last game at Marita Hines Field with the longest winning streak in the history of collegiate softball on the line in that moment. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many other heroes in that game. I mean, you think about the job that Jordy Ball did, you know, and, you know, she's always so focused, so intense. But once you saw her coming in there and you, you kind of think, she's not going to give up a run. Uh, again, what Riley Boone has done. So many times when the Sooners need a spark, she's been the spark plug. Haley Lee, Sidney Sanders again with that amazing catch. There were just a, a ton of a ton of uh, big plays and pressure-packed plays that were made by OU. And you know what? That's because they're the best team in the country, and they've got the best players in the country with the best coach and a great chemistry. So um, it just kind of feels like it's inevitable. But I think Patty's post-game, where you we played the soundbite where she was breaking down, and this is one of the things that we've talked about is I think Patty has – kind of talked about on a few occasions now how much pressure there is involved in this because everybody just thinks that the Sooners, eh, it's automatic, man, I know, playing a good team, whatever. You know, great teams sometimes lose games, and Oklahoma lost one. But particularly with what they've done against Florida State, Texas, Oklahoma State, now Clemson, where it almost looked like they were in desperate, dire situations, uh, wasn't 100% dire Saturday because they would have, if, if Kinsey hadn't done what she did, then you would have been back the next day to play game three, and I think that Oklahoma would have won. But, you know, it's just, uh, it's just amazing, absolutely amazing, that it's almost like they've had – that was the latest – in their Disney movie, movie uh, you know, uh, series that they've had with all of these comebacks, and that one is the best of the series so far. One more from the text line. This is the first time this particular listener has ever submitted a text on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It's a listener in the 405 that says, I was watching with my daughter's 10U travel softball team from a sports grill on the campus of Louisiana Tech. Those Okie girls screamed louder than anything I've ever heard. Mortified the locals, a special memory that will last a lifetime. There you go. Well, they're in Ruston, Louisiana, so it's already, you know, they need some excitement there, right? Louisiana Tech. Okay, break time. Got one more segment to go this hour. Uh, Jesse Crittenden will give us his take on the uh, incredible softball victory on Saturday and the Sooners getting ready for the uh, Women's College World Series opener again Thursday, 1.30 against Stanford on ESPN. We'll get to that coming up next hour. Let's take a timeout right here. Home of Sooner fans, the ref. All right, welcome back. Good to have you with us. Hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the Home of Sooner fans, the ref radio network. Jesse Crittenden joining us. 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. We might as well ride this hour out with uh, all of these great texts coming in on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Get as many in as we can. We will uh, transition to some Sooner football coming up next hour, though. Mix in some Sooner football, no doubt. 
Okay. Um, it reminded me of Kennedy Brooks' overtime touchdown to beat Texas, but bigger. That one was pretty big. I love the uh, Bob Stoops reaction on that one. Uh, when the Sooners, of course, had that incredible victory. Amazing. I would more liken Kinsey Hansen's play, because obviously Kennedy Brooks' run was the decisive play in that game, but I think the seminal moment was Caleb Williams' touchdown pass on third and 19 to Marvin Mims, which situationally ranks as one of the greatest catches ever made by someone wearing the crimson and cream. That's more what I would liken Kinsey Hansen's home run to if you're trying to draw a parallel between this game and the OU Texas game back in 2021. It was Memorial Day weekend, Steely, not Labor Day. That's coming up. Did I say Labor Day earlier? You might, you might have. A couple people mentioned that on the text oh, line. Oh, man, jeez. I have no idea what I'm talking about anymore. None. Zero. Aaron in Tulsa says, I fist-pumped at a brewery in Red River, New Mexico, while watching the game on my phone. Diesel from Walters says, I was watching at the lake. Chris A. from Edmond says, I was watching with the wife on the couch, and she says, we need some Sooner magic. I didn't know my wife knew that phrase or when you use it. I guess she pays more attention than I give her credit for. There you go, Chris. There you go. Go get her some jewelry. She was responsible for the victory. Brian in Tulsa did say, Haley was down to her last strike before she singled. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Like I said, man, anything in my short-term memory file, there are crickets that play in there. So – you can, you know, that's what I thought I remembered, but the minute somebody questioned me, I thought, well, I probably screwed it up. A listener in the 405 says, I was about 10 seconds ahead of my husband who was in the living room. I was hiding in the bedroom listening to the radio, and I had to scream in total <laughs> silence. Oh, man. Yeah, the ahead on the radio people can give it away pretty, you know, if that happens. It doesn't have, you know, you can sync those up so much now, but it, it can be problematic. All right, 405-651-3439. That is our Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Jeff from Moore says, Just thought I would let you know that the win the other day for the Sooner softball team moved the winning record at Marita Hines to 548-61-1, which is a winning percentage of 89.9%. And OU was undefeated their last three seasons there. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. And, you know, I thought it was great for Marita Hines, too. I... The team taking a picture with her. Everybody loves Marita Hines. She's been so instrumental, you know, in the development of the softball program. And uh, if you've met Marita, and gosh, I haven't seen her in a long time, but I can remember back when I was first starting out on radio and everything, she was just always one of the classiest, uh, nicest, cool people there. Uh-oh, Frozen Sooners looping us into his marital strife. He says, my wife had me in the garden pulling weeds. I had to watch highlights. Frozen sooner. You know what? Here's the deal. You've got to hire it out. Hire it out. (laughs) Don't pull your own weeds. In that situation, you have a card to play. It's called Sooner Softball. Just hand her a card that says Sooner Softball NCAA Tournament. And say, I will pull these later, but I am not pulling weeds right now. From another listener here in the 405, I was at my nephew's birthday party, and me and my dad were glued to the TV while everyone else was singing happy birthday. Hmm. What do we think on that one? Permissible? Acceptable? Absolutely. Yes. 
Sooner softball. Now, it's a nephew's birthday. If it's a son's birthday, I would say maybe the nephew's going to have to learn priorities, all right? Okay, so it's your little bitty birthday, all right? Okay, whatever. It's super regional softball. You should have had the birthday on the day of round two of the Super Regional, right? Oh, gosh. OU Lou says, I was in Section 105 and not allowed to stand up because they started rallying when I stayed down. I missed the last three innings, but I did it for the team. Everybody has to do their part. Everybody has to do their part. Everything matters. Everything matters. That is O-U-D-N-A right there. Yeah. What does Brent say? Every, you, Brent says that all the time, right? That every everybody's got to play their part. So that's exactly what you did. Brian and Tulsa said, did someone just say weed? You have my attention. <laughs> he was pulling weeds. Dean Choctaw says, 4-0, I took my OU shirt off to mow. Then I realized what I had done and put it back on right as Hanson was walking to the plate. You're welcome, everybody. There's another hero right there, DJ. In uh, Choctaw. That was DJ in Choctaw, right? D. D in D Choctaw. D in Choctaw. Did, see, that's a very great comp- contribution, behind-the-scenes contribution that not that many people know about. So, there you go. Okay, we got to get out of here for hour number one. Uh, we have another hour to go. It's, it's actually hot in here today. You must be absolutely slow roasting in there. It's not bad, actually. What is the deal? The temperature has come my way. This is like Death Valley over here. I'm going to have to go adjust the temperature accordingly to fit an old man. Coming back with hour number two. Keep it here on the ref. Here we go. Hour number two on a Tuesday. Hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. I guess I think I called it Labor Day earlier. Very confused. Very confused. All right. Uh, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Text Line. We've been talking a lot about where you were, what you were doing, how you reacted to the uh, big shot heard around the world over the weekend, which was the Kinsey Hansen three-run homer to tie the game in the top of the seventh inning in the uh, Super Regional Saturday. The Sooners going to win eight to seven and nine innings over Clemson. T.R.A. Jennings with a uh, home run in the ninth inning for Oklahoma. A lot of heroes in that game. Kenzie Hansen certainly at the top of the list. But you talk about Jordy Ball, what she did. Riley Boone. Uh, T.R.A. hit two home runs. You know, Jada Coleman also uh, led off the game of the home run. Sidney Sanders with a great catch over there by the uh, Clemson dugout. I mean, there were a lot of heroes, but what a great uh, what a great game that was. And the Sooners now get ready for Women's College World Series action. Game two for top-seeded Oklahoma against Stanford. Uh, in this field, the Sooners have beaten Stanford, Oklahoma State, Florida State, Washington, and Utah. Haven't played Tennessee or Alabama, right? But... Uh, 1.30 on ESPN on Thursday, unless the uh, Tennessee-Bama game, the opener at 11 a.m. goes goes long. But uh, 1.30 for Oklahoma-Stanford. The evening session, Cowgirls and Florida State, 6 p.m. on ESPN. And then Washington and Utah with uh, DJ Gasso, the associate head coach for the Utes, uh, and Paige Parker, an assistant coach for Utah, uh, coming to Oklahoma City, obviously. So, 
Uh, that is going to be a lot of fun. Always love the Women's College World Series. The uh, Sooner baseball team plays in the Virginia Regional. What was it? Oklahoma won the uh, the Charlottesville Regional in 2010 and 2012, right? Uh, so they will play East Carolina Friday night, 6 p.m. on ESPN2. Uh, the other matchup, game one, the early game, Virginia against West Point. Cowboys in Stillwater hosting at O'Brate Stadium, taking on ORU Friday night at 6 p.m. And then uh, Washington and Dallas Baptist will play the early game there. there Texter on the Knippelmeyer text line says, Steely, hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. Ah, ah very funny. I get it. Yeah. Rodney from Denton says, <laughs> you guys taking credit for the comeback is sad. The 85-year-old man sitting in right field gets all the credit. And, yes, he stayed the whole game. There you go. Well, everybody's got to play their part, as we said. Definitely. From the 405, OU softball has replaced Barnum and Bailey Circus as the greatest show on earth. It's definitely up there. Uh, what was the one right on top of that? Hey, Steely, your list of Sooner Moments again, please. I was listening earlier, and then I got interrupted. Thanks from MW. MW. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Um, people, I guarantee people are listening going, why are they laughing at MW? Well, because if, if you could see what MW actually stood for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so bad. The, uh, the ones that I just threw out there randomly, uh, most of them are football moments, right? You think of um, Von Schaumann's field goal in Columbus, 1977, you know, directing the, the crowd cheers. Uh, beating Woody Hayes. You know, the Sooners had to get a fumble recovery from Reggie Kinlaw to get the ball back. They looked like they were done in that game, and that was Sooner magic right there, right? Um, Then you think of uh, Keith Jackson with a couple of them, the uh, reverse against Nebraska in 85 to to get the game going in Oklahoma's direction early. Then you think of Keith Jackson's uh, tight wire act down the sidelines, great catch to set up the winning field goal in Lincoln. Joe Washington's run uh, against Missouri back in the 70s, the go-jo-go run. Torrance Marshall's interception at Texas A&M would be one. Um, And like I said, I was just doing that off the top of my head. But you guys can add to yours, uh, throw yours out there as well. But uh, Shea Knighton's home run was in the Women's College World Series. I'm trying to remember who that was against. Wasn't that like a – Long extra innings game. Was I remember. It, was it Arizona? I don't know. I'm sure somebody on the tax line with a younger, more functional brain will let us know. Ohio Sooner says Buddy Heald's game winner against Texas in 2016 is a is vastly, vastly overlooked as a great moment in Sooner history. Mm, yeah, yeah. Other basketball moments. See, I, there just aren't a bunch that just jump out. No, there really as, aren't. Yeah. Scotty Hill's half-court shot against West Virginia in the Big 12 tournament would have been had it counted. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Scott Case's goal line stand against Nebraska. Wasn't that uh, Brian Hall? It was Brian Hall, right? I know the, uh, I know the situation you're talking about. Uh, I believe that was Brian Hall who made the stop on Jeff Smith, that uh, goal line stand in Lincoln. Was that like, was that in the 80, what year was that, 84 or was that the year after? I I think it would, may have been 84. I don't know. Shane Knighton's home run was against <laughs> Florida, though. 
It was against the, Florida. Uh, yes, the was Kentucky Irish Chevrolet text line helped us out there. Seventeenth inning, Ohio Sooner. So that was pretty big, man. Seventeenth inning, Sam said the same thing. Yeah, so that's a big one. That's a big one. And you know, we a lot of times in our society, what do we always say? Yeah, the latest is the greatest. I've never seen anything like it. But I'm telling you, nothing takes a backseat to that uh, Kenzie Hansen home run. Shays was huge, obviously. But um, how about 17 innings, though? Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Brian Hall was, yeah. But um, that was a heck of a goal line stand. That was a good one. Yeah, that's that one's kind of lost in the lore of OU Nebraska somewhat. That's a good call, though, David from Norman. Okay, um, by the way, speaking of uh, Sooner football, J.D. Piquel on three sports. You like J.D.? J.D.'s a good guy. I've known him a long, long time. All right. Well, Since our undergrad days. On his, uh, on his podcast, his YouTube uh, you know, show, he came out recently and said he was leaning towards taking the over nine-and-a-half wins for Oklahoma and said he got a lot of grief for that. Uh, that a lot of people are saying, why would you do that? Uh, a lot of the things that he's hearing is that, but Brent Venables isn't a head coach. Dylan Gabriel's not that good, and their defense was not good either. So that's what he's been hearing from a lot of these Sooner naysayers who say there's no way they'll win more than nine games this year. Uh, and J.D. said he hasn't locked in a prediction yet, but he's leaning towards going over the nine and a half. And here's how he refutes those Sooner doubters. You can't say Brent Venables isn't a head coach after one year being a head coach. I mean, that's that's just irresponsible. You can be upset with a six-win season, but to say he's not a head coach, come on, dude. That's lazy. Don't don't let people get off with that sort of take, all right? Don't make don't, don't let them get away with that. Second thing, saying Dylan Gabriel is mid, I would say, my good friend, come over here. Let's let's watch the tape. Dylan Gabriel, when he was healthy, carried this team. He was the reason why they were in a lot of the games that they were in. You're mad about a six and seven season. Five of those losses were by one score. We'll talk about that in a second. But you you see Dylan Gabriel, what he means to this team. You better not say he's mid because I think he's primed for a really good season. Saying the defense is horrible. It was a bad showing. I don't believe Brent Venables just forgot how to coach defense. His resume speaks for itself. Was the defense bad last year? Yeah, defense struggled. Totally. Not fighting that. But to say the defense is going to be horrible for the rest of the way, to say that's going to mark what Oklahoma is in 2023, I don't know about that. Need some more data. Need more than one year to convince me otherwise about Brent Venables. Wait a minute. He uh, he was responding to somebody calling Dylan Gabriel mid. Now, you said I couldn't say mid, right? I can't say mid. Well, what I said was you have – Two and a half months Mm -hmm. until your 60th birthday to continue using the word mid, at which point you are officially too old. Okay, but J.D. Piquel, he's still got a lot of mid years left. I mean, not him personally, but he can continue to use that. So, um, all right, let's play one more clip from uh, J.D. Piquel, who does think that Oklahoma will be an improved football team coming uh, this fall in 2023. There's a new edge about the program because they understand, man, when you wear that logo, when you strap that helmet on, when you wear that jersey that says Sooners across the chest, it means something. It means there's a certain standard you got to uphold yourself to. And last year, it is no secret, new staff, 
Doesn't matter. They know what the standard is. It, it was not what last year was. It was not six wins. I think it's good for them to kind of taste their own blood a little bit and say, nope, that's not okay with us. Now they're going into that position of we're chasing. We're in hunting mode. And I like that for Brent Menables. I like that for his staff. I like that for his team. I like that little extra motivation for them. I think it could mean some really good things for them before they head to the SEC. Last thing I'll say about this, Oklahoma wasn't far off last year. Forget the five losses by one score. Look at the last loss. Look at the last game against Florida State. Think about how much buzz Florida State's getting right now. Myself included, I've added to that buzz. I am pro Florida State. think they're going to be really good this coming season. Last year, Oklahoma took them to the wire in the bowl game. The same Oklahoma team everyone's trying to tell you isn't very good and you're taking the under on nine and a half wins and all that. Same Oklahoma team. Better Oklahoma team, actually, this coming year than what you saw in that bowl game. Well, and not only that, Steely, but that Oklahoma team that took Florida State to the wire in the Cheez-It Bowl was down Eric Gray. Mm -hmm. They were playing without much of their starting offensive line. I believe that by the end of that game, they had one first-team offensive lineman and were down to their third-string right tackle. Uh, who else wasn't playing in that football game? Marvin well, Mims did play. Yeah, everybody, Marvin Mims did. everybody who went to the Senior Bowl did not play, right? Yeah, so that would have been Wanye Morris, Anton Harrison, and uh, Eric Gray. Eric Gray, I think that's and it. And Braden Willis played, though, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, because yeah, he made a point. He was like, so yeah, I look, guess, I'm playing in the bowl game. Did Braden Willis go to the senior bowl? I'm trying to remember. I thought, he did. Okay. Yeah. So, so he was the one who did play then. Yeah. So, again, that was a patchwork Oklahoma football team that went all the way down to the gun with Florida State. And were it not for that Gavin Sawchuck fumble, probably wins that football game over a Florida State team that is currently getting buzz in the preseason, Steely, as a dark horse college football playoff team. Yeah, what do you think about him saying, yeah, there's a new attitude now? You know, it's kind of a generic thing to say. Are you buying that there is a, a new attitude? That's I, that's one of the things I generally try to stray away from. I mean, Because it's, it's the to, easiest yeah, thing to say, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the easiest thing to say about a new coaching staff, a new cast of characters, uh, a new vibe around the program. You you can say this about any school that recently underwent a coaching change or brought on a significant addition via the transfer portal. It's the easiest thing in the world to say, oh, there's a new edge about them. So it's just kind of that generic take that I tend to have a distaste for. But that said, you do get the sense that we're entering a new era of Oklahoma football, and last year was kind of, well, the storm before the calm, in essence. Those issues that Oklahoma football was experiencing under Lincoln Riley weren't going to get fixed overnight. There was too much that had to be weeded out and turned over for them to get fixed overnight. And maybe that process was going to be a little bit more painful than many of us imagined. And... I'm not sure anybody pegged Oklahoma for six wins a year ago. But with as much as has been turned over on this roster this offseason and the departures of, what, at this point, 18, 20 guys that would never play substantial snaps at the University of Oklahoma, replacing their scholarships with proven veterans and young talent who is moldable and can be developed – yeah, it leads you to believe that the future is brighter for this Oklahoma football team than 
the six wins that they put on the record last year? I would take the over nine and a half. I think I, most I, rational I humans that, would take the over. I think again with this schedule, you you need to go out and win ten games with this schedule. Uh, you know, and and I think they will. So, all right, break time right here. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Greg Sankey talking scheduling the SEC meetings in Destin getting underway. Sooners in Texas are there. It's not that far away, my friends. Next fall, let's see what he has to say about what's happening when we get back here on the ref. We are back. We have Jesse Crittenden joining us in our next segment, 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Great turnout for Beats and Bites. First show of uh, 2023 over the weekend with uh, Blue Oyster Colts. And a 38 special. There are more shows to come outdoors at Beats and Bites 2023, presented by Coop Ale Works. Next up in June, Gin Blossoms and Tonic. July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, Tracy Bird. August 26th, uh, Gary Allen. Tickets are 10 bucks for these great shows. Kids 12 and under get in free. And again, there was a fantastic turnout for show number one. Over the weekend, we also have concerts coming indoors again at the Showplace Theater beginning June 23rd. Earth, wind, and fire. What a way to reopen the Showplace Theater. June 23rd, again, a great band, Earth, Wind, and Fire. In July, July 21st, Collective Soul. Uh, July 28th, Josh Turner. July 29th, comedian Gabriel Iglesias will be on the uh, Showplace Theater stage in August. Dwight Yoakam, August 19th. The Counting Crows, August 25th. REO Speedwagon, September 8th. Chicago, September 15th. And shows also coming uh, for Foreigner, Rodney Carrington, and Aaron Lewis all coming to the Showplace Theater. So get on out to Riverwind Casino. Enjoy some great music. Don't forget about their 80K New Beginnings and Winnings promotion. Get out there. Get five times the entries on your wild card today. Uh, and you can win your share of $80,000 when they do their uh, big drawings uh, Saturday evenings. Again, out at Riverwind uh, for this great promotion, the New Beginnings and Winnings promotion, again, which is underway running through June 24th. So get out, play with your wild card today, Mondays and Tuesdays, for one entry for every five points on your wild card in these drawings, again, uh, that they'll have every Saturday night from 6 to 11.30 and grand prize drawings as well uh, at 11.59 p.m. on Saturdays. And the ADK New Beginnings and Winnings promotion only at Riverwind, simply the best. Okay, SEC meetings underway in Destin and uh, Greg Sankey in a prelude uh, talking about, uh, he was on with uh, Greg McElroy on their show in Birmingham, Talking about, uh, yes, scheduling will be discussed. Eight eight games or nine games is the debate right now. Here's what the SEC commissioner had to say. When we added the two, my challenge to our membership was to engage in what I'll call blue sky thinking. Take a step back, think in an unencumbered way um, and what's optimal. And that caused us to just look through 40-plus different scheduling models. Uh, We've coalesced around moving to a single division, one of the – realities is not everybody's going to play the same strength of schedule every year. That's just impossible. You could have a number one ranked team play a lower uh, strength of schedule than the number seven ranked or the the seventh place team in our league, but number one ranked nationally because the number one ranked team doesn't play itself. 
<laughs> so it's, there's no uniformity. What we will do, though, is narrow the band of disparity around strength of schedule um, as we look at this single division model. I, I think that's really smart. And then the question is the number of games, how many games happen annually. Games will happen at least semi-annually, regardless of the number of games we have. Um, and that's the work to be done at our spring meetings. And, you know, there are different opinions, but uh, I really commend our membership for wanting to, to be deliberate, to think through, to continually ask for information. Who knows, something new may come up next week that could delay us. But we're at least poised, which I said last year, to make a scheduling decision in the sport of football. All right, there you go. So uh, my guess, maybe by the time the uh, you know the football media days come around, maybe we'll know something. But the question is, eight games or nine games? Uh, and again, they're thinking about a one-year temporary eight-game conference slates in uh, 2024 that will, for a year, uh, be in play. And uh, you know they're. There are pros and cons to each of those. Uh, eight or nine games, will ESPN pay extra money if they go to nine games, even though they're not contractually, um, you know, obligated to do that under the way that it's written up right now? So we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. Would you rather see eight games or nine games? Now, if you think about Oklahoma's old schedule, again, when Texas was not a conference rival, you played, you know, for well, it, you would play a long time ago when we didn't have twelve games. You would play, you know, what obviously seven in the conference with the old Big Eight, and then three non-cons in Texas. So, I don't know. What do you think? Any preference for eight or nine games? Or are you just like, let's get this SEC thing going? Who cares? I, I want to see nine games. I think an extra game of SEC conference play is going to help everybody strengthen the schedule, right? Because mm-hmm. any SEC opponent is going to give you you're going to give your bottom line a boost in that regard. But also, man, I think the, what's what's intriguing about the nine game theory to me is that three six model where you have three permanent opponents and then six rotating opponents, and what that allows you to do then is play everybody in the SEC at least every other year. Right, yeah. That's To me, it's the model. And again, I think if you play nine games, you get more teams in the playoff because you're playing a a stronger schedule. Um, you know, it's – it's. some people may say, well, you know, you're also going to get your team beat up playing nine conference games in the Southeastern Conference. Well, I mean, that's – I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of truth to that, but I'm all in favor of the nine games, the 3-6 model you're talking about. And again, I think – uh, particularly with the uh, 12-game football, college football playoff on the way, uh, you would think again, what would be like an average number for the SEC in the playoff? An average number every year. If it continues, you know, being the dominant conference it has been. Four five. or five? Five. I would say in any given year, the SEC can expect to have four to six teams in the college football playoff, assuming that they maintain their current trajectory as the dominant force in collegiate athletics in college football, which I I don't see any reason to doubt that. Do you think Oklahoma would have gone to the SEC had there not been the thought that the twelve team playoff is coming? And maybe they didn't have not they had pretty good knowledge that yeah, this twelve thing Twelve-team playoff thing is is coming. I know there's been talk about it. it's not going to happen for this long or that long, but it's coming. 
Um, do you think that made a difference, or was it completely about the money? I think it was completely about the money. Yeah. I don't think the potential of playoff expansion factored into the initial decision. Now, I do think that the conversation that has expanded over the last couple of years about moving the playoff to a 12-team format certainly makes the move more alluring. I think we all knew it was going to be more than four for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you just thought there's too much money out there still to be made. And money rules everything in, uh, in athletics, in most facets of life. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. We can ask Jesse about that, too. But, again, the SEC meeting's underway in Destin. And, again, um, I don't think there will be an announcement coming out of these particular uh, meetings, but uh, maybe, I don't know, by the time the uh, conference um, media days roll around, we might get something then. Who knows? At least a decision. Not, maybe not necessarily, here's the schedule, but here's our decision. We're going to play nine games. You know, that kind of thing. A listener in the 918 added, I don't care what schedule they come up with, but for heaven's sake, please, no more 11 a.m. kicks. I don't think you're going to be seeing quite as many of those. You'll still get one yeah, every now and get, again. You'll get some. You will. Yeah, the only thing to think about, and look, 11 a.m. kickoffs, I know it's hard on, uh, uh, on uh, you know, all of the, uh, the merchants, you know, down particularly on Campus Corner and people that are trying to sell merchandise and making, uh, making good money on an OU Football Saturday. It cuts into their income, no doubt. But that's always been a national spot. You know, that 2.30 regional spot uh, means you're a little bit down – you know, your game is not as well thought of, obviously. But, yeah, I'm with you on that. I am with you. I want to see less of those, no question. All right, break time. Coming back on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. When we get back, OU Insider Jesse Crittenden will get his thoughts on the biggest softball moments. Unbelievable victory by the Sooners as they get ready for the Women's College World Series opener against Stanford 130 Thursday. We'll talk some Sooner football as well. We'll do that coming up next right here on The Ref. On the Riverwind Casino Hotline is Jesse Crittenden, OU Insider on the Rivals Network. And, uh, Jesse, you were there. You saw it. You wrote about it. And you took it all in. Uh, how did you come up with the words for what happened Saturday at the uh, Norman Super Regional with the Kinsey Hanson Dramatics and everything else? Yeah, it really, I mean, it, there was just so many storylines. There were so many moments uh, to fixate on, and, and it was even telling, I mean, in the, in the post-game press conference afterwards where uh, it looked like it was coming to an end, and then Patty Gasso said, this is a huge day. I don't want any reporter to not get what they need. Uh, and I think that was that kind of summed it all up, just how incredible that day was. And I think what was most telling about the Kinsey Hansen uh, home run, it wasn't just that it came, you know, obviously with two outs and an 0-2 count. I mean, it looks like OU is going to have to come back for a game three. But it, it wasn't just – I mean, all of that made it shocking, but I think it also was not shocking at the same point. I mean, I th- or at the same time, I think it was – it was somehow both, and I think ultimately it's just a testament to uh, this team, I mean, this OU softball team and their belief. And they, I mean, they mean it when they say they don't think they're out of it until the game is over. And I think there's just not very many teams, and, and to give Kenzie Hansen credit, there's not very many players that, that could have pulled off a, a, a play like that. So, I mean, I think ultimately for, for OU to come out of that game when Clifton had outplayed them, you know, OU got off to the hot start. Clemson outplayed them in the middle and in late innings, and OU still came away with the win. I mean, I think 
probably the signature win of the season, especially considering it, you know, breaking the all-time win record, it being the last game of Marita. I mean, you really couldn't have scripted it any better. No, you couldn't have, Jesse, and it begs the question. Okay, the Clemson Tigers and maybe the one pitcher on the planet at the collegiate level in Valerie Cagle that's capable of holding the Sooners at bay offensively. They've got a three-run lead over this team. All they got to get is one more strike to pull even in Super Regionals, and Oklahoma still finds a way to get it done. If that Clemson team and Valerie Cagle can't keep the Sooners out of the win column, who can at this point? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. And I said this, I mean, going into last weekend, I mean, obviously Oklahoma should be favored against anybody but they play. But I said, I mean, this Clemson team is really good. They were probably way too good to be the number 16 seed. I truly think Clemson uh, is probably one of the best eight teams in the country and probably deserved a shot uh, at, you know, at the World Series. So, I mean, I think in some ways that one of the best teams in the country is already out. And they gave Oklahoma everything they could have wanted and everything they could, and Oklahoma still came out. So I think going uh, into this into this weekend, going into this World Series, uh, I mean, there are still some talented teams in the field. I think Tennessee is probably the team um, that, that that might have the best chance to dethrone Oklahoma if, if such thing exists. I mean, they're, they're second in offense in the country. They're second in defense. Uh, they really profile as a as as a, probably the second best team in the country. They they beat Texas pretty handedly in the super regional over the weekend. So if you, if you want to look at a team, it, it might be Tennessee. But I really you have to give Clemson credit. That is a really good team. They really battled not just Saturday's game but Friday's day, game too. I, I I came away really impressed with Clemson over the weekend, and I think for Oklahoma to come come away with a win, it's a testament. Not only to how good Oklahoma is, but how good Clemson is too. So I mean, I think, I think if nothing else, that that win gives. I think that win should give Oklahoma some confidence going into this field. Jesse Crittenden joining us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, so you know everybody's talking about Kinsey's home run, and they should be because it was it was you know one of the biggest moments in Sooner sports history. To be honest with you, um, but it, besides Kinsey's three run homer to tie the game and you know, give it Oklahoma a chance to win it in extra innings. What is the maybe the overlooked moments in that game Saturday that's kind of lost in everything for you? Yeah, I, th- I think there's three, and I, maybe overlooked is too strong to, to describe these. But for one, obviously, uh, Tiari Jennings' uh, home run to seal it in the ninth, I think that was an incredible moment. Uh, just I mean, that came on literally the first strike of the top of the ninth. Uh, Jordy Ball down the stretch really was incredible. You know, Nicole May started uh, in the circle, started the game really well, but, you know, uh, Clemson found a rhythm against her. They, they brought in Alex Tarocco, who just had a rare moment where it just wasn't her game. Um, I think I think Kirsten Deal, uh, I mean, she, she walked uh, her first batter and that forced a run, but outside of that, I thought the freshman did a really good job in the circle in a really pressurized moment, really did a good job of limiting uh, limiting Clemson, but I, I think maybe the most overlooked moment is, is probably, or it, it may, it's easy to miss and all and everything that happened. But I think Sidney Sanders' catch in the dugout uh, that was the final out of the seventh inning. That was the one that sealed going into extra innings. That catch was incredible. I mean, and Sidney Sanders has been. Um, I mean, I think she had an up and down regular season, but Patty Gasso stuck with her, and I think. She's been rewarded. Sydney Sanders has been incredible at the plate. But I think, you know, going into the dugout, tripping over the Clemson 
uh, player standing at the at the opening of the dugout still coming down with that foul ball foul ball to force extra innings. Uh, I don't know if overlooked is the right word, but I think I think that moment truly was incredible, and I think it was both Kenzie Hansen's home run and then that play to me that was like, okay, Oklahoma's not going to lose this. Clemson gave it their best shot; they had a chance, and. Uh, but once those two plays happened, I think it was clear Oklahoma was going to win. And we think about this moment, that game, in the context of the OU softball dynasty, Jesse, and it brings to mind the reality that Marita Hines Field is the birthplace of said dynasty, and how much did it add to the magnitude and the gravity of the day and the moment to know that that's the last time the Sooners are ever going to touch the diamond at Marita Hines? Yeah, I mean, I think it was. I think it was something. You know, Patty Gasso's talked a lot about it about how how obviously, uh, you know, going into the weekend that it was kind of bittersweet because I mean that's that's been OU's home. That's really all they've they've known for the last twenty five years. And and Patty Gasso's been able to see not only the program grow but the sport grow and how much um, OU fans have, have really, uh, you know, invested in this program. Um, but I think, I mean, obviously it's, it's bittersweet, you know, but still focusing, you know, on, on moving to Love's Field next, you know, next year. I think that's going to do wonders for the program and, and again for the sport. But I think the fact that, that it was this kind of win, it was, you know, not only to, to come back like that, but to seal a spot uh, in the World Series, you know, Marita being there over the weekend. I, I mean, I do think it was really emotional. And I think, uh, you know, I don't. I don't know if OU went into the weekend necessarily thinking, "Oh man, we we've, we've got to we've got to play at our best to, to send this off in style." But I do think getting that kind of win and all the stakes that went into it, and I, I mean, I, I do think in some ways that it, it it was they're able to put a nice you know bow, almost a storybook ending to Marita Heinz Field and how much that field has meant to this program. So I mean, I think it was going to mean a lot regardless, but I think to win it in that fashion. I think arguably might have been the most emotional part of the weekend, and I think it I think it meant a lot to OU to have that kind of win in their last weekend there. All right, uh, Jesse, SEC meetings underway in Destin, Florida today, and uh, the Sooners in Texas, uh, they're, they're taking part in the festivities, and the, the big question is what's going to happen with the schedule, eight-game conference schedule, nine-game conference schedule. Again, the eight-game conference schedule may be like a placeholder for a year, and they may try and get to a nine-game conference schedule and get some more money out of ESPN uh, the next year. What do you think is going to happen with the SEC schedule, and uh, what would you like to see happen? Yeah, I think it's been really interesting Interesting to see. I mean, a lot of the ideas that are floating around, you mentioned that the eight-game uh, schedule, maybe even if it's just for a year, I think it's a reminder of just how many moving parts this whole thing has had since Oklahoma and Texas initially, you know, uh, voted to, to join the conference. So, I mean, I think I think in a lot of ways these meetings are going to be really, really crucial. And I think from Oklahoma's perspective, you know, Oklahoma and Texas' perspective, I, I think this is, you know, going to be a, a really good showing of, of how things work in the conference, you know, how how to kind of find their footing, their, their place uh, within the conference. Having said that, I do think there's going to be a lot of moving parts especially when it comes to the schedule. I mean, by the time they join, it's going to be a 16-team uh, conference. So, I mean, I think there is still a lot to figure out. I've always thought that a nine-game um, schedule makes the most sense. Uh, you know, I, I've liked the idea of having three teams you always play and then, you know, having a rotating uh, cast, you know, among the other 
uh, among the other schools, you know, you play them home and home, you flip off, you know, every couple of years. I've always liked that idea, but I do think, I mean, if they move to, you know, an eight game schedule for next season, I'm not only going to be curious about what that looks like, but I'm going to be curious about what it's going to look like to switch back to the nine game conference schedule. So I think, I think these next few days are going to be pretty interesting to see how all this shakes out. All right, Jesse, great stuff. Appreciate you moving to today. Since we were off, obviously, yesterday, we will talk to you next Monday. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you guys having me on. Jesse Crittenden joining us, OU Insider, and uh, part of the Rivals Network now, and uh, obviously does a fantastic job with us uh, every time he's on. Okay, we get a break right here. One more segment. Uh, June visitors for the Oklahoma Sooners. We'll uh, update that and talk a little recruiting, and we'll do just a bit of that before we get locked in at 2 o'clock. Uh, one more award winning, maybe not, uh, segment to go. And we'll get to a few texts as well. 405 651 3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Keep it here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. All right, great to have you with us. We're going to get locked in here in about uh, 10 minutes. Parker and Tyler McComas. Always good stuff. Sooner softball team again, a dramatic victory, two games, and Clemson was done. But, man, Clemson fought. That was a good team, no doubt about it. And uh, the Sooners went eight to seven and nine innings over Clemson on the dramatic uh, Kinsey Hansen three-run homer to tie it up in the top of the seventh. And then the uh, solo shot from T.R.A. Jennings in the ninth inning to uh, get the victory nine to eight. Oklahoma against Stanford, 130 on ESPN, game two of the Women's College World Series. On Thursday, uh, first game's Tennessee and Alabama at 11 a.m. Uh, Sooners and Stanford, the second game at 1.30 on ESPN. The evening session Thursday, the Cowgirls and Florida State at 6 p.m. on ESPN, obviously. And then Washington and Utah in the nightcap at 8.30 on ESPN. So the Sooners get ready for a 1.30 matchup with Stanford, who they already beat. In fact, they beat everybody in this field except for Tennessee and Alabama, who they didn't play. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in these matchups. This Sooner Softball Update brought to you by Orthostat in Norman. Injuries, they certainly aren't convenient, but guess what? Orthostat is same-day orthopedic care. No appointment necessary. Call Orthostat at 405-515-5575 or visit ouchorthostat.com to learn more. Okay, uh, Parker, I guess the uh, – Recruiting stuff, and by the way, the uh, the Sooners did get some recruiting news in basketball. Jalen Moore, six seven swingman from Georgia Tech, coming to Oklahoma through the portal, averaged seven point six points, four point seven rebounds uh, per game for uh, Georgia Tech. Don't look for uh, him to be a knockdown three point shooter, though, because I saw he was four of thirty five. So that's not his specialty. Okay, believe, so not great there. I believe that's like eight. It's about eleven percent. Is it? Yes. I guess you're right. For yeah, there you go. So that's not a good percentage. But again, six seven swing man. They're going to get a visit from a Cam Spencer, a transfer guard from Rutgers, who's also going to visit UConn, uh, UCLA, and there was one other school. Miami is Miami. The other one. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, Oklahoma is kind of the fish out of water good in luck. that group. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but in terms of football stuff, I guess. Everybody's kind of waiting for Champion Barbecue right now. Yeah, pretty much. June 9th is actually shaping up to be a pretty decent official visit weekend, too, though. Especially really? Especially as far as offensive line is concerned. Because mm. you got 
Jason Zandamella coming in, the four-star center out of the state of Florida. You got Weston Davis coming in, four-star tackle out of Texas. And Eddie Pierre-Louis finally coming to Oklahoma for the first time. That sounds like a Frenchman to me. French people can't block anybody. Pooh Pierre-Louis, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, he's uh, – I believe he's Jamaican, if I'm not mistaken. Sounds like a Frenchman to me, Pierre. I'm just saying, you know. Obviously. Yeah, but anyway, that's a large human being right there. And he can run. As a matter of fact, he runs the 100-meter sprint. Oh, I saw. Kid, yeah, I saw, he's the yeah, kid that you've oh seen the video. God, yeah, that dude, yeah. yeah. Sign me up for a little Pierre Louis. He can Louis. move, and he's nasty. And grew up an Oklahoma fan. There you, never been, I, there you I, go. I'm, st- I'm not getting too optimistic about it because – He's a guy that's talked a big game about his plans to take visits to Oklahoma, and the visits that he's quote-unquote planned have never actually come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be his first experience of the University of Oklahoma. That'll be cool. That'll be – all right, so uh, – and then Champion Barbecue the next week. So it's going to be – is it going to be all quiet in the Sooner front pretty much until then, you think? I would think until June 9th, yeah, it'll be pretty quiet. People start to panic when nothing happens. They don't realize there's not a ton of stuff happening happening nationally right now, really, is there? Not a lot? No, not really. I mean, it's... We're not going to get Winery. We're not going to get Wesco. We're not going to get Stone. It's over. I'm seeing some of those tweets every now and then. It's like that. It's like that for some people. But, you know, end of May, beginning of June, there's a little bit of lull before... Everything kickstarts up again in earnest when official visits happen. Sooners got, high school-wise, the number four uh, class in the country last year. I, they I, did. did. Was it sixth or something when the portal stuff, they added them all together? No, I don't know. I don't pay attention to the, how the portal factors into the rankings. I just look at the recruiting class. I'm with you, too. Oh, you had the number four class. Chances right now the Sooners land another top five class this season. I would, say, cycle. Uh, I would say the chances are about 40%. 40%. Not quite 50-50, but close to it. So, a shot. if I went extended out to, what, like top seven or so, or you, they need to be, you need to be in the top ten, definitely. Um, you feel good about Oklahoma getting in the top ten, I would think. Right? I do, yes. Yeah. I think it's a foregone conclusion that they finish in the top ten. Big Rich and OKC, we were, we were talking about Jalen Moore's three-point shooting percentage. He said, good grief, four for 35. Coach should be fired for letting him shoot that many threes. <laughs> well, if you do the math, that comes out like one three-pointer a game. Yeah. So, it's not all that. I'm good. sure that's not his specialty. But, yeah, I get it. When I saw that, I'm like, because I immediately, when I saw this kid, I'm like, what does he shoot from three? Holy cow. Good Lord. It was about like the Celtics shot last night, which was brutal. <laughs> the recruiting doomer says, what do the Boston Celtics no, and Todd no. Bates have in common? I wonder where that one's going. Where's the punchline, doomer? Glenn from Nashville. Any chance Patty Gasso oh, could take well. over defensive line recruiting for the football team? She's apparently the biggest <laughs> thing on campus asking for a friend. Oh, man. Patty, man, I tell you. Unbelievable what she's done. I mean, I mean, it is it, making it look this easy when it's really not this easy. You saw how they had to work for that, obviously, on Saturday. But like I said, this is out of this world, kind of crazy. Even if you're a great program, this is, well, clearly, when you, you win 48 games in a row and set the all-time winning streak 
record. But, you know, I, I think there's a, maybe a little uh, divine stuff happening, too. I'm kind of a believer in that. I'm more than kind of. But just the quality of the people in that program, last chance, Marina Hines there, all of this stuff. They got something going. They've had something going for a long time at OU, and I don't think it's going to be stopped this season. All right, thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Always appreciate them so much. Thanks to you guys on the text line as well. We're going to get locked in. Coming up next, thanks to Dr. Bellardo and the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. We'll see you.